This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is... You win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via other participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. to another episode of Forever Bristol City Podcast. Oh my God, Groundhog Day after Tuesday's stellar showing against Southampton. It was atrocious against QPR, who made it four wins in a row against us at Ashton Gate with a 1-0 win. 23,500 people in there, really. There seems to be a lot of gaps in the South Stand again. Um, I was so depressed, so depressed after the game. Um you know, and it doesn't feel any better this morning. I'm joined by uh, Ian and Mark, and uh, with me in the Forever Bristol City TV studios, Tom. Uh, Ian, you've been quietly listening to us in the background, having a moan before we went live on air, in your normal way, or the way we do. 30 seconds on how you felt trudging out of Ashton Gate. And thanks for bringing me my glasses that I left at Senior Reds, by the way, that I picked up from you. Well, that's all right, mate. I can't have you doing this programme blind. Um, I I was hugely disappointed, but not surprised. And that was a sentiment that most City fans expressed, to be fair, before and after the game. So it, it was, it was well, you know, we're bound to lose today because that's what always happens when we come up against a team that we should beat. And it's a little bit worrying because we've got to play Rotherham in Huddersfield at home in Cardiff, who aren't in great form. So um, we're not going to expect classics there either. Uh, I, some of it is down to is down to fatigue. And some of it is down to tactics. And I think Liam Manning got his tactics wrong. I think he got his selection slightly wrong. He definitely got all his substitutions wrong. And one only hopes that he learns from that because he has to, and he has to learn quick. Okay. Uh, because if he does, if he doesn't get it right, he won't get anything like two and a half years. So three and a half, um, three and a half. Three and a half years. His contract. I read. No. I said he no. won't get two and a half years like the last fella. So no. who largely didn't get it right on the field either. So we've got um, uh, we've got games coming up. The fatigue excuse now goes out the window because we've only got, I think it's three midweek games between now and the end of the season. So yeah. there's no cup games. There's no interference. We picked up another injury yesterday, courtesy of the, 
courtesy no doubt of the hamstring probability center so that gives us another problem as well but we should have everybody back fit firing and fully trained by next week so here's hoping we can go to inform at home sheffield wednesday okay. and um and do something well they got, they're a, the, win. They're, they got a win on the road they got a win on the road yesterday as well well they're they're the lowest the lowest scorers in the league and they've got the six worth at worst attack so you know it, uh, but they have got some useful players now and they have improved so and they are in they're the 10th best team in the country on current form at home in the efl so or the championship i should yeah. say so let, let, here's hoping I, I would put this one quite quickly in the rear view mirror and he's got all the things he hasn't had which is preparation time getting players fit time, getting players fully fit time, and they should all be back. Um, uh, they should all be back by next week, barring Akko, Bell and Eamon. Okay, Mark, uh, Ian's used the term fatigue and pre-going live. He talked about extra games, uh, extra cup replays. Um, well, again, your thoughts coming away from the ground, you know, rather spoil the 50th, anniversary celebrations for the uh, lead side and what have you but uh, it was a bit of disappointment after you know the uplifting display against saints who bounced back with a good uh, 2-0 win never easy place to go uh, west west bromwich albion on friday evening mark yeah and, and as i as i said uh, on the last podcast it's never about the last game the the problem for city was how do they solve the, the, the old problem of playing against a packed defence. It's easier to play against teams at the top of the league who dominate possession and give you more room to room to play on the counter-attack. But you can't be a counter-attacking team at, uh, at home against teams who, who, who defend deep. So that's the age-old problem. City cannot break down teams that defend defend deep despite a bright opening. And they were just up to the, they weren't up to the task. Um, I'm not going to look at fatigue. I'm not going to look at the last game because it's it's a different problem, different different tactics, and a different plan. What I was really annoyed about was where against Southampton, we we got the game plan right in the first half, but we didn't execute it well at the end by scoring because you know, but and we, but we kept at it in the second half, did the same things better. We fell away in the second half yesterday. In fact, things got so bad. Um, QPR fully deserved the win. They looked stronger on the second ball. They played better in possession near the end. They created a lot more chances. They had better runners. The outstanding player in Elias Chair and also Anderson. Um, it, was, yeah. it, was very, it was very good. And City just cannot solve that problem. It's been the same all season, where, 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 whether under Pearson uh, or uh, Manning. Um, the players just look scared to show any individuality in terms of, yeah. of I think attacking, attacking defenders or taking shots, just yeah. trying something different. I think it goes back beyond uh, beyond even Pearson, but particularly it seems exacerbated at the moment. We've got no way. So, Tom, um, two, two thoughts. Um, why can't we break these teams down and get everybody behind the ball? Yeah. And fatigue do you buy into that not massively not massively I, th I think yeah there's an argument for fatigue I think fatigue was arguably why Sam got injured yesterday but I don't think the performance was down to fatigue 
I think you look at it, maybe injuries are caused by fatigue, but people didn't break them down. First half, we always wanted the extra pass in possession. Minimum, we were taking three touches, moving the ball way too slowly in midfield. Williams, distribution-wise, was really poor yesterday. McCrory was really poor with the ball at his feet yesterday. Um, didn't understand tactically why we put Mametti in the inside pocket on the right. I think he's much better high and wide going 1v1. I think when Sam Bell went off, um, it was clear that his pace was a huge part of how we were going to break them down, getting behind Jimmy Dunn, who was awful for them. They're right back. He's usually a centre-back. He can't control the ball. He can't pass the ball. Um, but we were going to use his pace to get him behind. When he went off, we looked at the bench. Cornick's been the one that's come on. He was the most obvious sub. And he just doesn't have the pace. Mm. And I think we realised quite quickly that Cornick was not going to get the better of Jimmy Dunn. It wasn't bad defensively, um, but we put Mametti on the left. He looked a little bit better, but we were still one pass too many in transition. Mm. You know, there was no... We, we talk about his front-footed football. If you're playing front-footed football, you don't start James and Williams together against a team like that. The reason I think he starts McCrory is because he offers a bit more going forward than Tanner. But... In a game like that, you're not going to be needing James and Williams like you did against Southampton. Because they were excellent against Southampton, mm. but we knew we were going to be behind the ball. We knew we were going to have to defend. And that's where they excel. You've got to start Gardner Hickman. Night yesterday as well on the ball. We looked really leggy. The passes were under hit. Uh, and then second half, it went to absolute. I think we, we then got fatigued. We got yeah. frustrated. And I think we lost the shape and we lost our confidence and we could have played all day and we weren't going to score. We're going to play, day. could have played all night. Ian, um, if you looked at, we talk these days now about it being a match day 20, which it is. Uh, you look at the bench, Badger, Twine, Cornick, King, Conway, Sykes, Tanner, Taylor Gardner, Hickman, Mabude. Not an academy prospect in sight on there, but a starting lineup that that looked look good on paper. Pringy still out injured, although likely to be back next week. Um, were you happy with the starting lineup when you saw it? And picking up on Tom's point about James and Williams, you know, James two games in a week and Williams, they're two players who did work their socks off on Tuesday. So, what were your thoughts on the team and the bench? On uh, Tuesday, before the game, I said I was very worried about having James and Williams in midfield because they were too slow on the transition. However, against Southampton, it worked. Um, against a packed sitting type defence, it doesn't. So that should be a lesson learned. Having said that, as Tom said, Taylor Gardner-Hickman didn't set the world alight when he came on, did he? So perhaps Manning looked at him in training and thought, Mm, he doesn't look great. I'm not going to start him. So we've got few choices, in, unless he'd have played Andy King in that role, who, let's be honest, didn't let us down in the first half in Forest while he was on the field. So um, those are the choices that he's got. He could, um, if you want to get George Tanner on the side as well, he could play Ross McCrory in there if, if, if fatigue is an issue, because McCrory looked as fit as I'd seen him yesterday, and he yeah. was still making lung-busting runs when he was taken off. Yeah. Um, the, the the issue with Twine, uh, he's been training all week, but then Manny says, well, but we've kept him off free kicks to give him more time. Well, for that issue, I mean, Twine is the player we brought in to unlock the defences with the, and take the free kicks. And when you saw that, well, that aberration by Naki, 
yesterday, you thought, my God, I wish we had Twine in the side taking the free kick. So, but by next week, in Manning's words, um, they'll have a, get another four weeks training into uh, Naismith, Pring, Twine and, and Sykesy. And they'll be ready to go. I'd be very surprised if Sykes doesn't start. I'd be very surprised if Twine doesn't start. I suggested a team on and pinned it on X. Um, uh, the, the way, because I'm a little bit concerned how, how you get Knight and Twine in the same side effectively. And Manning's answer would be to play them as two tens. I don't really like it, uh, but it, that will probably be what he does. But one way or the other, we need to get somebody with Twine's defense unlocking skills, if you want, if there's such a word, on the pitch. Because we have, we know that's the whole reason we signed him. We know we haven't got that player in the squad anywhere else. No, they just don't exist. Yeah, and it's all right saying, well, you've got a chance to experiment now. You've only got the same players, and we know we've got guys in there that probably won't be with us next season. And there's only so much you can do. And I, I don't accept the season's over. We, we've got to have a get on a run and win some games. That's right. what we've got to do. So, but no, looking at the side, was I surprised? No. Uh, did I did I think we'd smash QPR? No, I didn't. And from people I spoke to, neither did anybody else. I've got to be well, honest. The expectation was, was quite that, low. Yeah, and that's because we're Bristol City and that's what we do. Mark, um, you know, the naming players on the bench that are par partially fit. I mean, you, you've got, you're allowed to make five substitutions. You, losing Sam Bell early on clearly was a blow. And we're going to delve into the action uh, right after your comment. But, um, you know, was Conway the right person to bring on at that point in time? Could you have brought Sykes on in a natural wing position, knowing that maybe you could bring him on and take him off again later on if you're worried about pushing him too hard. I think we brought Cornick on. We didn't bring Conway on. Sorry, brought Co Cornick on. Sorry, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. Cornick. No, I was surprised. I thought if you if you want to if you want to replace like with like, you have a you have a, a player who's used to playing in a wide position, albeit on the other on the other side. So why do it? As for the twine thing, I mean, people are going to rightly say, why was he on the bench if he wasn't fit just to warn the bench? It's absolutely crazy. He was brought in to, to, to a lot of defences and as a he was our marquee signing, if you like, to get us up the up the division. Uh, you know, and, and create a bit of buzz, which, which he did. Um but you know, he was he ran himself into the ground against Watford, hence the quad injury. But it's just a piece of stupidity, really, not to you know, that he why, 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 uh, why, why not bring him on? There must have been an issue. So why put him on the bench? Well, you could have even brought him on. You could have even brought him on. I don't know in the in the well, that triple substitution, or you could have taken Wells well, yeah, off. Yeah, but he's not played. Um, he's not played any minutes either, has he? Because you could. Well, have just when he given... when he took McCrory off and put Sykes on, I just thought that was strange because all they did was drop two players in the left left uh, side, including Chair, and just block that path. Sykes hardly got forward at all. But the main issue, and I think Steve Stephen mentioned, has mentioned this in the chat, City played with fear. They just didn't, sh there's no individuality. We just pass and pass and pass. It's fine if there's an end product, but there, there's no players running with the ball towards the goal, trying to take a shot, you know, just have a, have a shot. The only, the only shot that I, I remember 
uh, at the end of a long passing chain was was James when he basically poked the ball into the south stand uh, with no with no uh, uh, you know with no belief at all. But I don't know whether it's it's Manning saying you've just got to keep passing, passing, passing. That you know, there's there, there's going to be no dribbling, no shoot, no shooting from distance. I want you to carve, 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 and so you can pass the ball in the net. Where's the individuality? Where's the excitement? Well, there isn't. I know there it's isn't. Just a bit, it's yeah. you know, it's playing yeah, with fear. Playing it. That's it's what football. it looks like. I, I said to somebody the other day, it's a bit like watching the Sean O'Driscoll team, but with better quality footballers than he had at the time. Yeah, but that's just that's just mm. my view. Let's get into the action, uh, Tom. Um, I say we lost Sam Bell early on. Uh, first real attempt was McCrory. And you're a bit undecided on McCrory, aren't you? And I know Ian said he's looking fitter than he has done or might have been marked, you know, lung-busting runs. But what is his best position? Well, he, tell he, me what you think. Ian suggested centre-mid. And I have to say, I would, I do not see McCrory as centre-mid. I think technically he is not there. I think physically, great player, fantastic. He looks got a great turn of pace. Yeah, he's got. I mean, the goal we scored against Southampton came from his turn of pace. Yes, he's real hard working runs, but on the ball at the minute, I've not seen anything. He seems to is, fall over the ball, doesn't he? Well, or he's a, he's a bit. He's a big guy. He's six foot two, and he, sometimes he looks a bit heavy on the ball, mm. just with the, the touch and the pass, and it's mm. always quite heavy or it's over hit or it's getting away from him. And when he dribbling at people, what he does is he takes a big touch and runs onto it, sort of powers through rather than that's the term where people. he falls over it. It's momentum. Yeah, it's sort of like Titanic, yeah. sort of steaming yeah. through. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't see a centre back. I think he is a right back, maybe a centre back physically, maybe a centre back if he needed. But uh, good shot yesterday, actually. It was yeah. a good shot. We can't get away. Left foot, left foot well, on the volley. It was a very un-Bristol City shot yeah. to take on. Um, I was glad that he took it on. And I'd argue that's probably the closest we came to scoring all game. I don't actually think Conway's shot was in the second half. I well, I'd say, I mean, just after that, the Mimetti cut in from the right. He put in a good shot, which Begovic made a bit of a meal of it. Yeah. I was sat right behind that yeah. on the angle lower lands down. The ball was swinging around there, so that's probably why Begovic made more of a meal of it than right. he needed to. Would you think? I, I, I thought this, when Begovic shaved that, I thought that's a bit of an overreaction to the shot that I first yeah. saw. But the Adrian Basso's there. Almost. Yeah, but that's what you get with Mimetti playing on the left. He does cut in. I don't get Mimetti on the right, especially inside. He was awful first 20 minutes couldn't get on the ball couldn't create anything couldn't he was trying to turn people and just run into their center backs um but yeah McCrory undecided for me is he better? would you play him in, instead of Williams in the middle you know, I, I wouldn't mean, play him in the middle you I wouldn't, wouldn't I wouldn't you wouldn't even try it no no I wouldn't, I wouldn't play McCrory I think you've got Gardner Hickman you've got Bird next season to come in I wouldn't want McCrory anywhere near the core of the pitch really I think right back is his best position or center or in, in, in the centre of the back in when if we were without players. Sort yeah, of I, I, yeah, okay. Yeah. I get that. Um Mark, uh, sorry, Ian, um the goal, I'll come to each of you on the goal. Um take us through the goal. Willock was the instigator, a player we were sort of linked with to some extent, weren't we? Yes, as a potential a buy. Well, uh, Joe Williams miscontrolled the ball ball. But uh, he miscontrolled a pass from Naki, which was over hit. Uh, he miscontrolled it. He lost it. And they went straight up the other end, got wide. Willock, who did everything, our widish 
players didn't do yesterday. Pulled an excellent ball back. And uh, the other wide player, Elias Chair, uh, whipped the ball in the bottom corner. Great finish. Um, and in fairness, QPR should have scored some more. Now, you, I've criticised Manning's tactics. I've criticised his substitutions. But when two experienced players do that, there's not much you can do. Um, but look, all players make mistakes. But th those mistakes were very avoidable and they shouldn't have been made in that area. And once you've made that in that area and a side breaks, they're away. We've done it to teams loads of times in score. We did it at Southampton and scored. So, but but that was th that was where the goal came from. It came from just inside our half. Mm. Mark, your your thoughts on 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 the goal? I mean, the the, the player, uh, the last chair, it was unmarked. Yeah, there was nobody tight to him. People said it was a goal very reminiscent of the one uh, that we scored, the third one. But yeah, when when the corner kicked that one in, he had a player in close proximity. Elias just stroked the ball in, didn't he? With the keeper going the other way, if I recall correctly. Yeah. Yeah, the actual assist was from Lucas Anderson. Um, Chris Willock won the ball, and I think um, between Conway and Wells, I think Con uh, uh, sorry, Con Con between Corey. Wells and Williams. Excuse me, sorry about that. Misspoke. They had a couple of nibbles at it and still lost it. So Willock uh, strides forward, sees uh, sees Lucas Anderson, the right channel, looked like a 1970s tennis player, you know, the one with the Addis band and, and the long hair. And he, he looks he looks back just like uh, Ross McCroy did the other night and plays the ball behind the defenders to take them out. And Chair strides onto the ball, takes it in stride and passes it into the bottom right-hand corner to Max's left. Great goal, but he's but chair isn't tracked at all. Great ball from Lucas Anderson, one we'd be proud of because our service to our strikers and midfielders were rubbish yesterday. But no tracking on on chair, you know, he just strode onto the ball totally unmarked and passed it into the net. But it was a poor uh, piece of play between Williams and uh, and Wells that set it up because they they could easily have got that up the pitch, but made the right balls of it. Interesting. Do you what, what? What's your take on the goal, Tom? Um, I thought it was a good goal. I thought that's the goal that we looked to score, which um, we did. Which we did, and I, I think on that, Wednesday. I think that's, Tuesday. That's what we were aiming to do to them with getting Bell behind Dunn and cutting it back to the pen mm. spot. Um, I, what I would say is it's a really difficult one to track because if you're a defender there, you're obviously going with the front man, which was Dykes, who I thought was good at what he did yesterday. Gave Dicky a bit, that's one of the best games. You know, I've, I've seen Dickie take two. He struggled. Mm. You know, Dickie sometimes. I thought Dykes was good at that. But if you're Dickie, you've got to track Dykes. Viner's covering the space behind Dickie, so it frees up the point for chair and makes a diagonal run. And that's so hard to track. So if you go with him, you leave all the space behind you and you're not sure what's going on behind you. But someone's got to do it. And that's a communication thing. Whether it's James who tracks him or Williams that tracks him, someone's got to track him. And you leave the space behind you and you trust your teammates going to be there. Mm. It was a bit of... I think it was just a slow transition from us defensively. Yeah, because it was William. I think if I heard the guys correctly, Williams and Wells also well, at the field. Yeah. So Williams was just out of it because he was too far up. Yeah. So you got to say Matty James was the one who should have been there. Yeah, or, the or Knight's got to cover the space. You yeah, know, one of our runners. But someone's got to cover it, and to get have a free shot uncontested from that position, you're always a bit like, what's happened there? Mm. Um, but 
But that's a good goal. Great finish. And you couldn't blame, you know, no fault of Max O'Leary. Oh, Max O'Leary was fantastic. Yeah. Well, he kept, he kept the scoreline down, yeah. didn't he? I mean, that could have been 2 or 3 mm. nil come the end of the yeah. game. Ian talked about the free kick, which I think came after the goal that Wells uh, yeah. made. Yeah, well, embarrassing. Yeah. Um, right player to take it, maybe Dickie against his former club because we know Dickie's got a shot on him. Yeah, um, um, but it was Taylor made for <laughs> not Taylor Garner Hickman made. It was Taylor made for um, if he'd have been on the field, Scott Twine. Yeah, a bit, bit close in for Twine, I think. Was it? I yeah, it's in, in, inside the D. I think that's really hard to get up and over. So I get the power boot. You've got to keep it down to absolutely just blast it. I mean, that was just like we just given up. Yeah. He sort of looked at it and he went, "Well, I've got to hit this hard." And then the technique just went, yeah. and it was just like it's ended up over there, and it's in the atio, and it's just like what a waste, what a waste. And it was just like why we don't get Williams on it. Maybe he he takes three kicks occasionally, mm. but you look at it set piece wise, it's like could you have Mametti on it? Mm. 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 Could you? Have, but Wells, he takes three kicks for us. But we never score free kicks. Not a twine on the pitch. Not in the days of well before your time. Not in the days of Mickey Bell or uh, yeah, that was older and uh, before that Alan Walsh, Darren Bernard, people like that, and even Tins could hit a decent uh, free kick. So into the second half, uh, Ian, um, that QPR got into the game more and more. I thought um, Anderson had a shot saved, but um, he was unmarked, and the, the lad field. Um, you know, we're just able to turn. You know, we did, we, we just looked flat on our feet. But the triple substitution, it, it was 58 minutes. Um, you, yeah, you're happy with the substitutions or, or not? You know, was it the right three? I, I think the timing was right. Yeah, but the right three to come on. Who else were you going to bring on? And it, it did need changing. I think anybody looking at it, people were screaming for changes at half time. In fact, they yeah. were screaming for changes five minutes before half time around me. So, uh, yes. Now, was it an ideal game to uh, bring on Mabudi, particularly for Mameti when we were playing against the pack defence and he had two players marking him all the time he was on the field? Probably not. Uh, if you bring on Tommy, do you play him in that withdrawal, withdrawn role as a 10, which he has played before? Or do you put him up alongside Naki Wells and come up with a different game plan, perhaps get it forward a bit quicker, try and get the ball in behind, which is difficult when we didn't have anybody on the field that appeared to be able to pass yesterday. Um, so Sykes, yeah, I could see that, uh, uh, an attacking player on the right-hand side. But as Mark said, tactically, QPR dropped in and made sure that he had to play full-back and he didn't really get forward to any great effect. He made one fantastic run back and put his hamstring to the test to play a pass back to Max in front of Dolman stand in, in the towards the end of the second half. Um but it it's I think he brought the subs on that he could. I was disappointed not to see Twine come on. Um but as, if people are saying well he was on the bench, I mean he was training all week, I know that. If if he he was brought on but I suppose it's a case of what training. So um I suppose what I'm saying is what else could he do? I think it was more a question of how we were playing as opposed to the actual personnel we had on the field. And I would have gone with two up top uh, because that's where Tommy and Naki play and uh, playing people slightly out of position. Sometimes you can try it and it works. Other times I think you're better off sticking with where they're best. And I think Naki and Tommy are both best up front. 
Yeah, yeah, because he left Naki on. He left Naki on. He could have taken. He could have taken uh, Naki off and put Conway up there. Um, he could have. Brought... Dave, I think he could have. T- apart from Max O'Leary, and, and I think the the defenders, uh, I think he could have taken them all off and put on different players. And whether it made that much difference, I don't know because of the quality of the squad. All right. Okay. Um, and he's you, been... uh, you know, I mean, you can't really look at the front. I'll call it the front six, and say and pick out ones who had a good game. Yeah. I can anyway. You know, right, they just didn't. And and Taylor Garden Rickman came on, didn't look great, didn't didn't make a change. Our passing didn't improve. A lot of his game's energy, and he didn't seem to have any. Mm. So, you know, you, you can only di- uh, play with the cards you're dealt, yeah. and you can only put the players on the field that you've got. You know, we haven't got top. You know, we haven't got Mo Salah to bring on and change things. You know, no, but in our equivalent, we have got. You know, you could have bought um, you could have bought Twine on, and I think it just, the fact that he didn't just proves the fact yeah. that he wasn't fit didn't and he shouldn't be on the bench. Yeah. All right, Mark, your thoughts on yeah. the, the the timing was absolutely fine. Yeah, you know, and you could have even made them at, at half time, but you know, would you have done things any differently on the hour? No, because those are the only players that we we've got, but. Um... There was there were the the the, uh, the 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 service to the front players was poor, save for um, the the pass between Wells and Conway, where it was more of a cross shot and there was nobody on the back post. I think uh, Mabude was probably near nearest to it and he was about five yards behind on on uh, behind the um, the six yard box coming coming in. There was just nothing. No no we 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 tried to go through them, which was a, which was a good idea. Uh, rather than just go round the outside, because the crossing was poor, we don't have um, a big man or anybody capable of going across the defender at the near post to do anything. That's what good strikers do. But then, like I said, the service was poor, so we just didn't carve out any chances, and and it just needed something different to excite the crowd, because what tends to happen. And we're not like a Newcastle or a big team where the crowd's singing for 90 minutes. If there's no action on the pitch, the atmosphere just goes, disappears. It's like a library. Then when yeah. it when things get fraught, then you start getting loud and angry voices. And I think with that expectation, Mabude, he just couldn't deal with it. it, it is his um, uh, uh, relationship with Conway, you know, passing, it was just awful between them. Well, it and got I just to the think, stage, Mark, where they didn't look like they even wanted to pass to Mabude. Yeah, they? yeah. Not- I mean, I, I've, it's just, it's too... It's too early to judge. Right, write him off because he uh, he had about twenty minutes against Southampton. We did a couple of nice dra- drag backs, but when you're three nil up, it's completely different. He's yeah. on that side of the ground, marked by two players. There's a lot of expectation on a player that's only made three full appearances well, for KVC Westerlo, well, and that yeah, was you, right at the start of the season. And you posted on your uh, you posted on OTIB what you mentioned on the podcast the other day yeah. about. This this visa issue is a complete was, load of bollocks, basically. According, well, according to the according to um, Kirsten Sturbout, the KVC Westerlo correspondent for Get Zet uh, van Antwerpen, the only issue that Mabude had was getting into Turkey for pre-season training camp. He got there the next day. 
as far as he was concerned, he'd played three games. The third one was in, was in, he came on his sub. He played, sorry, he played three games. The third one is a right back. Had It was substituted at half time. And, and that was it. I mean, he, he's, he just hasn't played except in two recent friendies where he came on his sub and looked hungry. So it's going to be, it's it's a loan where I think, you know, we can't expect too much. A lot of this is based on his form for Manchester City Academy, where he, I think he won player of the season and he had a great partnership. And, and he's obviously a player that's known to, to Liam Manning, which is why. Yeah, well, he played he played alongside um, uh, Oscar Bob, who's now in the first team squad, and made some good, made some appearances and a guy uh, called Carlos Borge, who's gone to Ajax uh, for, for a, a, a small fee. So, I mean, academy football is different to, uh, it's different to cha- championship football, but I just wonder if, you know, it was the intensity of the game, the expectation, maybe be, he, he, he was he just looked nervous and it all went wrong. Like Bambi. I mean, look, look, yeah. Tom, um, Mabude, to me, <clears throat> what I've seen so far, and cameo against Southampton when we're winning, so it's a totally different game. You know, we, we can't pile in on him because he is a youngster, but, you know, there wasn't an academy, none of the academy lads on the bench, mm-hmm. bringing in a player that we're, we got an option to buy, what thank Goodness, it's an option to buy mm. at one point four. Do you think he's that good? Do you think we're harsh to <clears> criticise <throat> based on half an hour of play yesterday? Um, I wouldn't write him off, like like Mark says. Oh, Mark's got his hand up. Yeah, go on. What were you going to say, Mark? Yeah, I was just going to say the other thing I was going to add. Sorry, Tom. Is I think he had a little bit of a distraction recently, and his brother nearly died in a in a car accident. I mentioned before when you he did. Uh, you did mention. So that. that's you know that can't that can't have been easy. That would have been a big shock to him. You know, losing okay. losing his brother. He followed over to uh, to Belgium. I think that may. I'm going to try and find out what what was the rationale behind him going there. But that's got to be one of the main reasons he yeah. followed his elder brother. Over to over to Belgium, and I would imagine they're very close. Yeah, sorry, go on. That sorry, part. Tom. Yes, yeah, that part. I, I, is, he, is he only nineteen? Mm. He is nineteen. I think when you look at him, he's younger than Bell, and it's just like, like okay. And it, he, yesterday he looked like a guy that's played five senior games, and he didn't work himself into the game. But none of our team worked themselves into the game. That's what you have to do. You know, you have to work yourself into the game. And everyone that came on yesterday made the team worse. I'd say. I didn't see any improvement from any of the substitutions yesterday. And I felt really sorry for Mabude because he lost complete confidence in himself about five, ten minutes in. And then we're just flogging this 19-year-old for 20 minutes where the players don't have trust in him. He doesn't have trust in himself. He knows what he's doing is wrong. And he just came off and he just was like, right, well, that was just awful. And he just... He would know it was awful. Well, yeah, his body language was just... He was disappointed in himself. Yeah. And it was just like, you could just... You could tell he was almost upset because the crowd were getting on his back. He felt the pressure. Uh, and he, let's not get away with it. He did play really poorly. The pa- he didn't look on the same wavelength as people. They were trying to play these passes where people were standing 10 seconds ago. And it was just like, you're watching him. And I felt really sorry because he is so young. I think people come expect him to be the finished article already a little bit. When we signed him, everyone was like, probably at the next Semenyo. Yeah. Semenyo at 19, what did he look like? Well, chunked up, yeah. you know, solid. Well, he got sent off against Derby, didn't he? Uh, I, yeah. Remember, yeah. I remember uh, near the end, of, the end of the season when we, we had a slight chance getting the playoffs 2018-19. Um, 
you know, for Ras Challenge. The other thing with Mabu Day, I mean, people on the forum are comparing him with Dioni, who was a big time Charlie, who'd been transferred to St Etienne. Uh, and and wasn't doing it, and he came came here with some issues, and he showed exactly why he'd had, he'd had issues, and you know he he wasn't he wasn't with it. So I think that that's completely different comparison. He's a yeah. he's a player who's uh, playing his he's getting his first taste uh, of um, England, you know uh, England English league football, and he looks like it. So it's just early days. I, I think there's there's clearly a reason why we brought him in because that's. You look at it, you're like a guy from Westerloo, that's not our usual scouting network. So they've clearly done due diligence on him. We believe in him. The club must believe in him. Um, but he looks like a guy that is 19 at the minute. But that's to be expected. Yeah. That is to be expected. Yeah. We, we shouldn't be under any false impressions this guy was going to come on, score two, and change the game. If he was that good, and as I think it's uh, Tomo said on air, if he was that good within the Man City Academy, he wouldn't have gone. No, well, no other club, no other English club came in for him. He just sort of scaled off to Belgium, which is hardly the pinnacle of, well, actually, Europe, Belgium, he's not that bad. But if he was that good, somebody would have snapped him up straight away. I, 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 what I've read about him was he was told he wasn't getting first team minutes at Man City and he wanted first team minutes because he wants to go out there and make himself as a footballer. It's all well and easy. When you're in these Premier League academies, you can pick up a mental wage from sitting there in under 21 squad, maybe getting a loan to a foreign club and then you're just complacent you get to 23 24 you played 50 senior games and it's just like right well i've made pretty much a living off mm. doing and I, I respect his ambition going abroad i don't think there's too many players that would take that on um but he was really poor yesterday and it, it was almost like he was upset the fans were on his back and it was just a bit of a disaster in the end and mm. i think manning is now going to have to do a lot of work rebuilding his confidence you know yeah. And do you stick with him through a tough time like we have with Bell and Conway? Yeah. You know? And is he is Manning that, or Hulk for that matter, who we haven't heard a peep out of yet, which would be nice to hear something from him, as I think somebody else said, is Manning the sort that can put an arm around a player like you said Pearson was able yeah. to do with some of the youngsters? Yeah. You know, that's it. Okay, let's, let's, let's wrap up on the action. Or throw them under the bus. What, as Pearson used to throw them under the bus? Absolutely. He wasn't yeah. perfect. Not saying that for one minute. Um, QPR, Q- QPR were in uh, the ascendancy. Um, and, you know, we, we were bad against Leeds, but that was because Leeds were so good. And this was bloody QPR, yeah, who under Fuentes, or whatever the manager's name is, they have improved because they look out of it early Six on. Fuentes. But it was... A, I couldn't get the pronunciation on it. Somebody <laughs> up on that. Uh, there was one little movie in where they put in. It was like a training ground routine. It was right in front of me, lower Lansdowne on the left. They put in fourteen passes in a triangle round our players, which ended up with them working the ball out to Willock, who brought a save. Three good saves from Max. Um, it, well, we were dead and. We, we were dead and buried at 1-0, weren't we? I mean, when Leeds beat us, they thrashed us 1-0. This was another 1-0 defeat. But, you know, we, we'd run out of ideas, hadn't we, by that late stage in the game. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hold up. 
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery free and times apply. See mcdonalds.com. We, we ran out of ideas after about 30 minutes. Mm. Um, because we haven't got, we know we haven't got the players in the team who've got the ideas. That's why we signed Scott Twine. And that's why yeah, yeah, we, we brought a player in, he's got injured. So we're back to what we had previously, largely what Manning inherited. So you've got players out there signed by Dean Holden. You've got players out there that Nigel signed. You've got a lot of players that were here when Nigel came in through the door. So we haven't really made that many changes. So you, so that's, and then people are surprised. It's about the same, but it is better um, when we beat. We can beat teams like Middlesbrough away and Southampton, and you look at winning, winning at Watford. Now, if it isn't fatigue, what else is it? Because it's the same. There was the same, basically the same team that beat Southampton, and deservedly so. Yeah. And played better than I've seen the city side play for blimey years, mm-hmm. right? So, you without the a changing of players, why expect what, what why, difference why, is it? You, you, you're going to get these games between now and the end. I said that a while ago. If Twine comes in and makes a real difference, you'll see a real difference. If he doesn't, he won't be here very long because he won't be cheap. Why didn't he bring him on if only for the last twenty minutes? You know, he could have left. What? Because he, well, firstly, he, firstly, he'd already made five subs, and I've already said he got his substitutions wrong. All right. So what? But on seventy-five so minutes, he, and when it, the subs minutes. he brought on, let's be honest, none of them played well. Well, the subs he brought so, on, subs he brought on the seventy-fifth minute, McCrory wasn't looking fatigued at all. He could have, no. he could have bought, he could have bought, uh, he could have taken, he could have taken Naki off and put Scott Twine on at that Absolutely. Point. Um, yeah. And he didn't. And, and the other no. thing he could have done when he lost uh, Bell early on, maybe he could have put George Tanner at left back, where he played very effectively against Southampton, and pushed Hayden Roberts up on the left. Might not have had the pace of Sam Bell, but would have offered a little bit more. And then that would have given him more options as in the later stages he, of the game. Yeah, I mean, somebody said on here it's a lack of adaptability and bravery from Manning, and I, I think that's a fair criticism. Um, it's not, you know, he's not suddenly going to, when you say, I'm saying he's not suddenly going to improve the players, people have been screaming for Joe Williams to get a new contract. And I've seen comments like pay him what he wants. Now, you wouldn't have done that based on his performance yesterday. So no, if it's not fatigue, if it's not fatigue, what is it? Is Joe Williams suddenly forgotten how to play football between Tuesday night and Saturday? Well, his attitude is he a worse player? Mental is a mental thing. I, I think oh, it's mental. Yeah, but fatigue is mental, Dave. Fatigue is a mental thing, and and it's a physical thing as well. You know, if you feel knackered, some days you just you don't feel hundred percent. You just don't. And footballers are no different; they're human beings. So, yeah. you know, it, you you can Manny can pick whatever side he wants. You've got senior players. Failing to control the ball. I thought technically yesterday we looked crap. First touch, passing, spatial awareness, movement, tempo. Everything was missing. 
everything. Yeah. And I think Manny said after the game, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. Yeah. All, all right. We we only lost one nil, but as people have said, we were playing against QPR. But in the end, their players look far better than ours technically in terms of their touch. And, 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 and things like that. On the back of a, they came into it on the back of a morale sapping one nil defeat on Wednesday against Stoke. Right, Mark. One second, Tom. You were going to add Julian's comment there. I think part of it's fatigue. I agree with Ian. <clears throat> I think also we didn't get up for it. No player yesterday. I think from the word go, I think we were just like, <sighs> okay. And it was a bit, you know, we spoke about Southampton's hangover against Huddersfield. We had a hangover from Southampton. I think we had such a high in Southampton and we'd been on this high run. And there was the, I think as soon as there was any expectation on the players yesterday, you had tired legs still and the expectation around. And people were just, some people yesterday turned up expecting us to walk over QPR and expecting just to be like, wow, brilliant. There you go, another. That they looked at and we're and on our way, playoffs, here we come. We're looked, now seven uh, points off the playoffs now. But when, when you're like, you know, at Southampton, they had the 20 minutes, we had basically the whole game of not being able to string passes together, under-hitting, yeah. misplacing passes. That's what I'm saying about working yourself in the game. Something's got to click, something's got to go right, and then you're like, brilliant, okay. And it lifts you for the next... It lifts you for yeah. a bit. So a bit of bite. And when they were putting in thumping tackles on Williams and they were like smashing the ball and they were elbowing people and they they had a great game plan yesterday, QPR. They, mm. they, they knew what they were good at and they... And they played to that strength. Mark, your comment, you put your hand up there a moment ago. Right, I think when 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 every, when when uh, one uh, um, style isn't working, you've got to do something different. I think with, with Manning, it's playing to a system where it's pass, pass, pass. Now, you've got two lines, you've got two banks of, of <clears throat> four behind the ball and the players can't pass the ball quickly enough and they get scared as to what the next move is. So then it's up to the manager to change it. But he, he's not somebody who will go direct, who will perhaps throw a defender up up front and try and launch the ball into the area. That would have been something. This is all hypothetical, completely hypothetical. So just take this as an idea. This is just me. But an idea. You've got to you've got a problem solve. You've got to find a way of, yeah. of getting a goal. So you've got to try something different. And do you know how he could have done that yesterday, Mark? Sorry to interrupt with you, but <clears throat> interrupt you, but it picks up exactly what I said to the person I took to the game yesterday. Clearly, we weren't going to be able to break them down, right? So yeah. you could have done no worse than push. Rob Dickey up front, like yeah. Cottrell used to do with Aidan Flint very occasionally, and just the last 20 minutes, because you know, they were going to fall deeper and deeper, just bombard them with high you balls. Could, you could, yeah, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a big risk, but it's, anyway, it's yeah. this inability to change, to, change, to change the style of play and the players. I mean, you, you, get, the, you get players like Viner, the ball just stops. They're looking up. Where's the movement? There's no no movement in front of them, no. so it's just very laboured, and this well, is the and problem. We were passing it along the back, even at one nil. There was yeah. no zing in the step. Well, it's you know, like you know, it's, it's like it's like a game. You've got those those players, and you think, how do I get through? And the players are just stimmed, and they're thinking, I can't do this. How do I do this? There's nobody. There's nobody coming out of the area to take to play a wall pass. That would be an option. Somebody dropping out to take a pass to make it happen. It's all got to be done. The defence are just saying, "Come and beat us." And there's no, there's no prospect of a city player because of their mindset 
who were brave enough to do something to make it happen. So you could be more direct. You could just toss the ball into the area or play the ball wide and be more direct. It's on the manager to try and do something different to yeah. get a goal. And I oh. think fans would be more respectful if they, you know, if if, the, if you people would be more respectful if you created chances and failed than if you tried nothing at all. And that's all right. what we got. Good point. Tom, uh, the game's in injury time. By the time this incident happened, I was walking up <clears> past <throat> self-storage place <clears throat> the Mercedes dealership because I'd had enough. I walked out after the second minute of time added on. Yeah. Uh, but we got a corner. Uh, I think it was Rob Dickey near post. Uh, that would have been uh, yeah. a bit of a robbery if we'd have got a point there, but we almost did, didn't we? I think it was Field. Sam Field cleared it off the line under the attention of Wells. Was it offside? I think it was offside. Yeah. They gave offside. I think he flipped yeah. it on and then it came, he got ahead on it. And I think Lineson put his flag up. It was so like, it would have been offside if it had been gone in. It wouldn't have gone in. Um, but it was simple match with yesterday. It really was. I mean, the tempo yesterday, I mean, we spoke about it already so much. What we missed yesterday was an incisive pass through their back line. Yeah. We had one second half where we attempted to play through their back line. Which was pass, one with Tommy, which when Tommy was, dragged it wide, yeah? That was, well, Tommy picked up and dribbled through. Yeah. The pass through was Gardner-Hickman to Wells, which went out for a goal kick. That was the one incisive pass we played through their lines. I think our game plan, we had one game plan, that was to get Bell at Jimmy Dunn. When um, Bell went off, I think we looked at it and we just went, if there was one player we didn't need to get injured, it was Bell. Because right. our, our we, we lost yesterday because our game plan was to use Bell and get the cutbacks across from Bell's pace. And we don't have a player on the bench with that sort of pace. Twine should have come on. I still maintain. If if he's on the bench, you have to be able to come on. Mm. Fact. You, you can't... What is the point in, that, in having you on the bench? You look at it, perfect game for Twine to play through the lines. And it's just like, okay, so we're going to bring on everyone apart from from Twine here, who is the one player I was screaming out for. Well, the one player that I signed, I being Manning, to make a difference to this squad that the previous manager wasn't getting enough out of. I don't know, you know, you look at it and so many people say, well, you know, if you have Twine on the bench and people go, right, well, this is the game where he has to come on, because sometimes you don't want to risk players. It, You know, you don't want to risk them if you're 1-1. I understand that. If, you've, if there's something in the game, but when it's obvious to the 24,000 in brackets that are in attendance that one player is missing to play through the lines and you're still not bringing him on because he's not ready. Mm. What, why have him on the bench? Why not have a 21 player who at least is academy grown? Because we had no academy grown no, players no, yesterday. No, no, that's a very good point. Mark, uh, Ian, sorry. Um, this we've, we've all spoken about it now. Why... Was Twine fit and was he on the bench just to appease the people that say, oh, we, we need we need to feature him? Yeah, was it was he a waste of a space on the bench? Well, I wouldn't say so. And I and I think he should have brought him on for the last 20 minutes. Yeah. He could have done that. And and all right, if you were worried about him going flat out with set pieces, you could put somebody else on the set pieces. Um but no, he, 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 that should have been possibly his last substitution. So instead of taking McCrory off and getting Sykes on, and I can see the point of bringing Sykes on, um, get Twine on and see if he can unlock a packed defence because and, and that's he why he signed him. And he could have but taken basically, off. Well, it, he could have taken was, off Naki or Cornick, you know, because Cornick wasn't anything 
like what we and, want it to be. And he could have done that, but then again, it's a, it's the same team and the same manager. Is we were all exulting that beat Southampton and did well it and won and won at Middlesbrough. Same team, pretty yeah. much. So so but all of a sudden right. we lose to QPR none of them are any good the manager's crap uh or head coach he's crap and that sums up i, I think i think I it think, sums yeah. up a lot of fans and i'm, I'm sorry I, i'm just getting i'm just getting sick and tired of it i mean what do you expect the bloke to do as Ange postacoglu said yesterday i'm a football manager i'm not a miracle worker i don't do tricks Right, I can't make a bloke who's, if we not, who's not playing. I mean, he had how many blokes did he have not playing well yesterday? How many people do you think played well yesterday in that team? Barely, barely I'll say three, Max. Three, Max. Uh, yeah, I thought all the back four were okay. I thought they were they were fine. Didn't give a lot away, and Max was okay. Oh, the right. rest of the team was shocking. Yeah. Now, what you know, for all for all six of the front six. To, to be shocking, there aren't many sides going to win a game when that happens. No, they might draw it. And, and then it then beggars belief as to why, you know, why um, Twine didn't come on, which you've said, Ian, you'd have brought him on. He should have. Everybody agrees on that. Right. Yeah. We've yeah. Done the game. I mean, uh, okay. But how many, how many bad substitutions have, have we seen over the years that, you know, I remember we had a bloke called Dave Rennie who was really a centre back, but he played as a holding midfield player yeah. um, under, under I think Jimmy Lumsden was one. Jimmy Lumsden brought him on once, played him left wing. Yeah. Right. So it, it, managers get ideas in their head. It's like all of us. We think, well, I'm going to try that. And it but turns out right. to be a, you've probably right. done it, Dave, in, in, and it turns yeah. out to be a complete bloody disaster. And you think, why in God's name did I do that? But you did it. Yeah, of course. I, agree. I don't think we can blame Manning for being the same. I mean, fair play to the bloke. He, when he did that interview at the end of the game, he looked absolutely distraught. Yeah. He, yeah. Didn't, he didn't look he well, did, look, did he? he? Did look, I saw the image. He looks a little bit like the rabbit in headlights here. All right, let's, uh, let's say, conscious of time, um, yesterday was the 50th anniversary celebration of the duo of Leeds, a uh, duo of games in the FA Cup uh, fifth round against Leeds in 1974. Uh, I was there at Ashton Gate uh, in 74 when Keith Fear equalised uh, Billy Bremner's uh, goal. And then I was watching it in the sixth form common room at my school when I was just coming up to my 18th birthday when uh, it was played in midweek at Ellen Road, 47,000 people. Uh, Donny Gillies uh, scoring from a Keith Fear uh, pass. Uh, Mark, uh, those of... Uh, you that have been watching uh, this on YouTube, you'll see Mark's had a montage of pictures going on as his screen, uh, his background behind him. Uh, is it tin pot to be um, savouring a cup victory 50 years down the line? No, but it's, it's I suppose it's difficult for people younger than me. And I was I was two days short on my sixth birthday. Uh, when when we beat Leeds in February nineteenth, nineteen seventy four, so Leeds have, have been on a twenty nine game league league and uh, game and beat and run. They had eleven international players. They were the best team in the country, one of the the best teams in the world at that time, 
And we were a mid-table team like we are now in the second tier. Uh, started off the season quite well, but we're struggling by that time. Um, the, the manager could have been sacked, yeah. uh, but for the cup run. That's how much we were struggling. But I think it's, aside from the fact that it was a fifth round, it's one of the greatest uh, results in, uh, one of the greatest shocks in FA Cup history. Um, it made the national newspapers, it made the front page of the Times, which uh, used to just carry advertisements on its front page, a standard, and it carried a picture of, of Donny Guinness scoring the, the winning goal. And it, it was just it was totally unexpected. It was a monumental result, but it's very difficult for people for people today to appreciate that. I don't like the tin pot references because we need to respect the players, the former players' association that Neil Palmer has done brilliant work with, and and Scott Davidson as well, with the Ashton Gate Eight. Uh, commemoration in 2022 have been testament to that and the players regularly come now into the bar and they will talk with fans those players are no airs and graces they were like that at the time regularly mixed with fans and are proud to talk about uh their, their playing time there uh, and and what it was like um you know they were proud to play for bristol city and we were proud that they, that they represented bristol city and loved like to see players of today uh do that if if and when they can so they deserve our respect it, it's not tin pot it, it was a, a, a one of it was one of the greatest giant killings in the fa cup and yeah it it's, uh, deserves to be commemorated yeah, and I thought the shirt looked. Uh, it was. A, I, I thought the shirt looked okay. You're wearing one, as we can see on the. Uh, yeah, on I mean, this is a here. this is a replica um, Toffs um, shirt that, that I bought bought some years ago. I, I oh, that's right. The original, shirt. the one that was worn. Yeah, the round, the round neck. neck. What, what was strange that neck, day yeah. was, um, you know, players wore round and and V and V neck shirts, as you'll see from some of the uh, the pictures that that you're seeing today, and that are also available. Uh, on, on the internet, but uh, yeah, it's a nice classic shirt, block colours, no no advertising. Obviously, we have to carry sponsors' logos today, but the reason why I'm, I get excited about it, because I'm a history nut about City and I'm invested in this because 10 years ago, we commemorated the 40th anniversary with a celebration in the centenary uh, stand uh, that was in the grandstand centenary room. We had a replica FA Cup. Uh, we had the match of the day highlights from the evening. We had lots of photos, and I've got loads of photos uh, uh, that, that uh, I'm, pers I'm personally able to look at. So that's what I've got invested in it. And I was able to interview the players, including the late Ernie Hunt, uh, who was quite, <laughs> yeah. quite colourful uh, that evening. So I was very lucky. Yeah. Um, to be able to do well, that, well, and so, that's why I get excited about it. But we yeah. should be proud of it. Yeah, we've got no, to be proud should. because we've had very little to shout about. Well, in this our, is it, Mark. In I our 120. Going, you know, I, yeah. this is my. I went to my first game March 67. So yeah. this is uh, 57 years. It'll be in a few weeks. In fact, it's the week of the international weekend. And if you go back over that time, yeah, Leeds 74. Okay, mm. we lost to Liverpool in the quarterfinal. Uh, prior to that, actually, Tottenham in the League Cup semi-final. I saw both legs at Ashton Gate and at White Hart Lane. Then you jump forward to 1990, the famous win against Chelsea, who were average Premier League team at the time. Liverpool, that was 30 years ago, going up there, winning 1-0, courtesy of Tim's goal. Then you have to jump forward. Somebody correct me here. You have to jump all the way forward to 2017 for the game against Man United, which I guess, Tom, you were there that uh 
day, did you? We, no, I wasn't, you didn't, there. I wasn't you didn't go. back then. And then obviously this year, West Ham United. I mean, memorable. You could throw in a couple of uh, uh, LDV trophy wins, yeah, playoff finals and stuff like that. But memorable wins, okay, Hartlepool semi-final playoff, but that's just a League One playoff game. But yeah, we haven't Leeds, reached the, Chelsea, we haven't reached the quarter final since 1974. 1974. We Leeds, reached the semi final in in twenty in 1920, yeah. Leeds, and obviously Chelsea. we had that cut final loss in 99. There's very little to, to very cheer little on to a national. About. So, yeah, domestic cups. Yeah, I wasn't for one minute saying it was it was tin pot. It mm. was great to see the players there. I was at Senior Edge with Ian on Thursday. I got the chance to interview uh, Jeff interviewed Jeff loads of times, but they've got another mural just down the road from the ground. Uh, Captain's fantastic. Jeff and uh, Lewis interviewed both of them. And, you know, they're Bristol City icons and they deserve to be represented in the way that they are. I mean, what did you think, Tom, as a, you know, as a, as a youngster, seeing a team come out with no sponsorship shirts on and a load of 70-year-old blokes ambling out onto the pitch? You know, you were there with your dad as well. But, I mean, and your dad's, Younger than Mark, so yeah, he can't remember the time. Was he? Was, I mean, did you think, oh, this is really? I should pay attention to this, or this is great. I know you're the opposite side of the pitch to where they seem to hang out. I think that it was more achievement this one than beating Liverpool. Yeah, I think this one deserved to be celebrated. Liverpool uh, back in the time, but yeah. the Liverpool one was different circumstances as well, where. You know, suspicious circumstances where the floodlights went off oh, and yeah. made everyone repay for tickets. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I enjoyed it yesterday. Um, I thought it was good that we had the kit. I thought it was a nice touch bringing out the players all beforehand. And I think with, with the older fans, there was a real, you know, look of happiness. And it, I know the person behind me was absolutely ecstatic to see some of the players come on the pitch yesterday. And it was just like, right, yeah. So amongst a certain age group of fans, yeah. There is a real fondness yeah. of these players. I think we should celebrate that. It's not to hide away from, you know, it's not tin pot celebrating great achievements. Yeah. So I think that is, a, <clears throat> I was all for it yesterday. Yeah. Ian, you were going to raise a point on that as well, I guess. Yeah, it's just a point about how the current players um, behave and how they mix with the players from that generation. I'm glad to say really well. Um, when they made the video to introduce the new shirt the the heritage shirt you know the the one you can't buy um because they've they've sold out now i understand they're now going on six to eight week pre-order anyway um the players went in the dressing room and first of all the older players thought they were having the mickey taken out of them says well we want you to go in the dressing room we want you to put your shirts on so they go in the dressing room they've all put that they've all, all the older players are putting their shirts on and they said Jerry Sweeney was like a man possessed. He's got his shirt on and he's going around the changing room like he's going to go out and play. So Ray Cash is saying to him, shut up and sit down for Christ's sake. You're getting on everybody's nerves. And he's buzzing, right? This is 50 odd years on, 40 years on, whatever it is. With that, the younger players come in. Now, they had only just got back from Middlesbrough. They got back from Middlesbrough uh, two in the morning. Um, and they came in to see the older players. And George Tanner, who was there, said to David David Rogers, who he called Mr. Rogers, he said, you're Mr. Rogers, aren't you? And David Rogers said, well, yeah. He said, I want to thank you 
for what you did for the club because otherwise there wouldn't be a club mm. he said when i came down there to sign i came down with my mum and dad and i was reading all the stuff you know we've been at the hpc all the stuff they got on the wall about the ashton gate eight and all the rest of it and in the stadium and i i, I read about it and i just want to say thank you tommy conway was chatting to jeff merrick and tommy to mentioned that jeff wasn't the tallest and jeff's not and um he said no he said i wasn't the tallest but i'll tell you what i'd have had you in my pocket and he said because i could i could jump as well mine and he said if i didn't have you in my pocket that bloke who over there would and that was gary collier who'd been yeah. come over from america yeah he said he'd, he'd have had you in his pocket mate you don't want to worry about that and quite honestly you saw that team play i saw the, that team we haven't got a player today that are getting that side or getting no. anywhere near it no so, even, i know it's a different so era it is, fitness, that's why right. for me it yeah. is important and, and i suppose being there makes it feel different for all of us than it would for younger people but i was glad to hear tom say what he say you can still respect and that is part of our history that we should respect I'm not saying you've got to like it but you've got to respect it and, and yeah. what neil does uh, with these murals that are none of them are funded by the club no this isn't club money it's paying for these murals that you'll see springing up all around bedminster this is private money this is fans making 500 pound donations there's a limited number of donations allowed per mural mm. and the work that has gone in from uh neil and and scott um and and when scott said that, that he's going to be handing it over to patch who's going to be taking on that so these are all all people that are giving up their time for absolutely yeah. nothing in fact yeah. it's costing them a lot of money oh, God, to yeah. do it Definitely. so they should be treated with the utmost respect yeah. okay well said that man ian that's my 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 speech for this my speech for these season over all right uh i i i like uh, i think something said on it merrick was on the pitch again he's had four minutes on the pitch and that can see this season mark what was your point what i just point? i've just totally stumbled out here and said i mean about george tanner what a lovely bit of sentiment and respect that that is that has made my day you know a young player who, who you know and you know could could have that uh, understanding and respect for a player and calling somebody mister that's yeah. you know real gentleman what i see with jeff merrick he's the guy still he's got no body fat he looks the same weight as he did when he was he a looks, player like he, it's well, him and Sweeney, if you look at their physical physicality yeah as they walk out they look like they could still play football well, norman hunter i interviewed norman hunter about 15 20 years ago and he said that jerry sweeney was the fittest player that he'd ever mm. seen jerry was exceptionally you know yeah. exceptional stamina but what just going on what ian said that that team was so tight and i think the word is uncompromising yeah they worked over to over teams you know with the likes of jerry gow and in in, in in an era where you got smacked around and, the, and and it was let go there weren't there weren't as many yellow cards you got you got away with with a lot of stuff and, during and games. you only had and you only had one substitute and you yeah know, you and, could be could be it could be any and that, yeah. and that season they did have extra games and you never used to hear them moaning about fatigue or anything the year city got promoted 
Mm. I think they only used 17 players or something well, like David that. Well, David Rogers was out for the whole season. I mean, he featured yeah, heavily he, he featured right. heavily in the, well, uh, seven, in the... Seven or eight seven or eight players played every single game, including yes, the cup games. We played... Well, I think we played four cup games that season as well. Yeah. No, we so, did. we did. It's a massive we, difference. All right, there was there was only 42 games in, in the season. And, and one of the things that... You know, we haven't got time to discuss it on this podcast now, but one of the things we can discuss in the future is how we allow footballers to play less games because the games they're playing at the moment are mental. And my answer would be five divisions. But we, like I say, we can, dis we can discuss that. That's, at a whole, that's a whole topic. and as, I That's a whole podcast, isn't it? Yeah, mm. it's a whole thing. And as Dave, I mean, it's yeah. one of those things, what we should do is have, we should have our own fans forum and pub in Bristol sometime, you know, if we sort of get together and get some decent uh, couple of uh, decent speakers in addition to ourselves yeah we should we should do that we should have the fbc live attending event uh, but there we go all right so we've got a week off um i don't buy i don't it's not a broken record liam manning training time on the pitch is more than one person's put out on the feed no different for any other club in the division so shut up yeah fatigue Ian's already said, got a week off. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday away. Ian's already got the excuse. They're the 10th best team in the EFL for home form at the moment. They well, it's, not, it's not an excuse. Not Dave, it's no, not, not an excuse. excuse. It's no, a no, fact. But it's, it's fact. It's a fact. All right. We've also said they're they're the lowest scorers, yeah, right? So and they've got one of the worst defences. You must have missed that when I said it. You 3 0 to Schneider. I did hear that. And I thought, well, you know, typical Bristol City, Sheffield Wednesday get their best home game of the season. You know, well, you've got, you, you, there's a, if you want to look at what I do, there's a, there's a, a pin tweet on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. That there's a pin tweet on there with exactly what I would do for this Your Saturday. All right. And I, I like the, I, I like the idea that you mentioned earlier on of when Prings fit. If we want somebody to play as a left-sider, I quite like the idea of Aidan Roberts doing it and then for once having a couple of left-sided players on the field. There we go. I really like that. All right. Tom, what are your expectations up at Hillsborough? Well, I'm going there. Oh, you're going the whole yeah. family? It's a Sutton no, family outing. Yeah, I'm yeah. going. Whoa. Yeah. It's a, it's a good old good old fashioned football ground. Yeah. Um, you'll yeah. be at the Leppings Lane end. First so. time there. Uh, look at the it's look at the footage because it's quite. I've been to Sheffield a couple of times. Leppings Lane end. You'll get the upper tier. Well, I've seen it open, and you, you think like eighty nine people died, yes. and when you walk in that sort of turnstile entrance, and if you look at the footage mm. before, just to picture what that must have been like, and it was pretty horrible. Well, more than pretty horrible. But anyway, so whole family going up. Uh, Dad, Dad's not going, it's just me and Mum. All right. Um, but yeah, first time there. I mean, expectations are, right, let's bounce back. Yeah. It's another game. Let's focus on the next one. Let's make it right. Yeah. You know, because I don't think the season's done. I echo what Ian said. There's still so much football to be played. We're only in February, yeah. you know. Well, 13, so, game, 13 games to exactly. go. Exactly. You know, it's, yeah. it's all to play for still. One, and it's a crucial, we're on 47 points at the moment. So that's yeah. so the 44 we're on. Oh, 44. All right, one step closer to getting towards 50. Yeah, yeah but well, let, let, I'm aiming for 60 this year. Yeah, if we can aim for 60, that's a good season. I think. All right, there you go. That's fair enough. Ian, your thoughts just to wrap up. I mean, get you know, we want to win, 
we should have everybody fit bar the ones that you've said you've you've named a team i've seen it and i can't recall it at the moment but uh, what are your thoughts on on the next week need to bounce back <clears throat> Well, we, we need to bounce back. The, the, as I said, the fatigue excuse goes out the window. Sheffield Wednesday aren't down the bottom of the table because they're brilliant, but they are in better form. Their coach is, has turned them around a wee bit uh, since the start of the season. They We were extremely lucky to beat them 1-0 with 10 players when Bannon got sent off. And then to add insult to injury, that red was overturned uh, <clears throat> a couple of weeks later, on a, a week later on appeal. So um there is there is not an excuse we will have as fit a squad as we've had all season um barring further mishaps and injuries in training for example that cal naismith played 45 minutes this week um it for the under 21s came off and said yeah i feel okay but i'm a bit stiff and he stiffened up the next day so manning didn't risk him which is very sensible yeah. with cal's injury record but he will put another week into him um and another week into twine and i wouldn't have to go back to what we said about substitutes i wouldn't have anybody that's not able to do i'll say at least 75 minutes. 80 minutes because yeah. you know if if naismith's on the bench and rob dickey cuts his head open he's got to go off and they can't come back on then he would have to go on and play left center back yeah. because there isn't anybody else so the play they you know so if if he's not able to do that then you you've got to put campbell slowy or knight labelle or one of the one of the under 18s under 21s on the bench simple well, as that so no excuse for tiredness no. the players will have to be back to their best and after yesterday they deserve that they owe the fans and i think there's That's over a thousand going up already at very yeah. expensive prices it's about it they owe the fans a performance yeah all right fair enough i mean i think take your point about dickie going off but if pring's back in the squad as well robert's going left center roberts back. could go left center back and even pring could go left center back but you, know, you you make a valid point there and if cal's there he can play center back or in midfield because of his versatility mark you we, we got to put in a performance against uh, wednesday which we'll be doing our review of that game at uh, six o'clock on uh on on saturday so tom on the way back from the coach you can phone in if you like oh, yeah, is, and, yeah and give us your uh on the ball but um mark you, we, we want to see a performance really don't we yeah after yeah yesterday. i mean it won't be like middlesbrough i, I don't think they'll that i think they'll want to have more on the ball they won two out of the last three games the very good win against you know a struggling Millwall, who are really struggling down the bottom this season just outside the relegation zone um It'd be interesting to see what game plan uh, Raw uh, plays, you know, puts in 34-year-old manager. We think Manning's young. He's four years younger. Makes makes us feel old. Tom, you're all right, you know. <laughs> Who, who's the manager up there now, Mark? A uh, guy called Rawl. I for, I've forgotten his name. Of course, Darren, um, Darren Moore uh, uh, was uh, was sacked in the Danny, summer, and I forgot Danny who. Danny Rawl. Danny Raw came came in. ROHL. Yeah, I forgot who came in. I've forgotten who came in after after uh, after more. Um, but it was um, it, uh, yeah, it was it, Cisco, wasn't it? The start of the season. You've you've got you've got some very just sorry to interrupt. You've got some very dangerous players up there who are in decent form. You've got Ugbo, six foot one, centre forward, very quick. Barry Bannon, we know all about. Paveda, 
uh, they've got on loan from Leeds. Yeah. Um, and a guy called Musaba, who got a goal and assist yesterday, I think, five foot nine Dutch quick. So they've they've got some players up front. They're defensive, brilliant, and and that's why we need to get the first goal. Yeah, yeah, and then then they got to come out. The pressure's on them. The crowd, the crowd could turn on them. I think it's not the best surface. I remember seeing Mark Robbins complaining about it after the FA Cup game. I think uh, perhaps a bit, perhaps a bit heavy. I mean, you're not going to get as many surfaces as good uh, as our 4G pitch at Ashton Gate. Yeah. So we'll have to deal with that. But yeah, we got to get the first goal. If we can score two goals, I think we've got a good chance of winning. But it's not going to be Middlesbrough. It's not going to be Southampton. And again, we've got a new set of set of problems. The players have got to deal with that. They've got a week. Like Ian said, no what? excuses. No excuses. No excuses. On them win, the, win the bloody game. No excuses this yeah. coming week. Yeah, let's see. You know, we want we, we all want Liam to succeed. Yeah, show, show the yeah. doubters that you can do it. Exactly. The best way to do that is to win. Show a bit of variability in your tactics and your selection. Let the Definitely. players play a little bit. Yeah, because after all, he was hired on the basis of being seen as somebody capable, he capable of getting more out of the squad. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. a fact. Yeah, so that's, that is a fact. We want to see evidence of that in the remaining 13 games this season. And as Ian's pointed out, we've got players like Max Berg coming in the summer. There will be departures. There will be new incomings as well. Uh, but this season, you know, as Tom's just said, 60 points. He'd be happy with that uh, now. But we want to see evidence of what's to come in 24-25 season in the remainder of what we've got left here. Everybody, thanks, all of you that have contributed to the text feed. Thank everybody. Thanks to everybody who's uh, been watching and watching us on the, on the various – or on YouTube and on uh, X – and uh, listening on the various podcast platforms. Have a great week, everybody. All the best. Bye bye. Thanks. Bye bye. Cheers all. Ta-da. Load them all away. What if I've been unlucky? Really, I ain't got a thing. There's a time I always feel happy, as happy as a king. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he stops throbbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When Rivers Robbins are bubba bobbing along. When the red, red Robin comes bob bob bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead, get up. Get up, get out of bed, cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red, live, love, laugh and be happy, what if I've been blue, now I'm walking through fields of flowers, rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours, I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song, when the red, red robin starts bobbing along. 
It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.